ever looked back at old pictures or old videos of your horse, you riding your horse, and you notice that the hindquarters looks like it has literally been left behind of the rest of your horse when you're riding him. They're kind of dragging out, they're definitely not working underneath him. Or perhaps you get the feeling that when you're riding your horse, you ask for more, that all-important more, and you find that your horse is not able to provide more unless he either speeds up or he becomes quite long and loopy through his body. Well, that all has to do with engaging the hindquarters, or more to the point, a lack of engagement to the hindquarters. And this week, we are talking about how you can start engaging your hindquarters, your horse's hindquarters, when you are in the saddle. Hi there, my name is Lorna. I'd like to welcome you to the Daily Strides podcast where every single week we take a different topic to do with horse riding and we break it down and go through it piece by piece. This is the Monday lesson or the Monday audio program. There are another four after this on the topic and I will let you know at the end of this program how you can get your hands on all of those audio programs. And the whole point is that you download them to your phone, you pop your phone into your pocket, pop yourself into the saddle, and there you go. It's like having an instructor with you in the arena. And of course, many people don't listen when they're actually riding because they do indeed have their own instructor in the arena, but uh, they listen while they're walking their dog. And all it does is it helps to, I suppose, clarify things a little bit for them, the ins and the outs of horse riding, because as we know, it can get a little bit confusing the more we start delving into it. Um, I will let you know, as I said, at the end about how you can get your hands on all the lessons, but let us get on with today and what we're talking about, this activating and then engaging the hindquarters of your horse. Now, we know that it's vital to his long-term training and development, but for many riders, it it's a little bit daunting to try and figure out if your horse is in rear wheel drive rather than front wheel drive when you're actually in the saddle and you can't see what's going on. But I think that if you can take the time to begin asking your horse and understanding firstly how your horse works and then asking him to work correctly from back to front, it will be key to his overall development and training. And also key to whether you can move on and progress with what you're doing or whether you're just going to remain where you are and effectively cap your horse's progress. So first and foremost, we are talking specifically today about engaging the hindquarters, okay? Now, when we're talking about engaging the hindquarters, we want to think about the word actually engaging first and foremost. A lot of people don't really think about it like this, but in this context, we are using engaging to mean bind or to interlock, okay? So if you can imagine what we are asking our horse to do is that any energy that he is creating in the hindquarters, we want to connect it or bind it or interlock it to the front end of him. So as his whole body works together to get you and him where you guys want to go, okay? And pushing from behind or harnessing energy from the hindquarters is far more favorable than pulling from the front end or pulling along on the front quarters. And Later in his training, um, you're actually, you won't, trust me, he can't do a lot of things if he's pulling from the front. He needs to be pushing from behind, okay? It literally stunts everything if he is not in rear wheel drive. That's how important it is, okay? So, 
before we even get into the engaging of it, I think it's really, really important to understand that your horse has to be moving forward before you can start with anything else. Now, a lot of people think that if the horse is literally moving well, therefore, it is moving forward. No, moving forward is like he's going somewhere with a sense of purpose. He's got a bit of a pep in his step, so to speak, okay? If you find that your horse is dragging his feet or he's kind of shuffling along, that is not moving forward. If you're finding you're having to every single stride, remind him to pick up his foot to take the next stride. Definitely not moving forward either, okay? Your horse has to be going somewhere before you can start to do anything else, okay? So moving forward is first and foremost the most important thing um, if we're going to get into this engaging the hindquarters. Now, I find that responsiveness is key to your horse moving forward, okay? It has, you, you both have to work on the simple kind of formula that you ask and then he responds, okay? That system has to be in place. And not only that, there has to, you both have to understand there's a bit of a mutual responsibility in order for this all to work properly. You're responsible for making sure that you're clear in what you ask. So what I mean by that is that your aids and also the plan that you have in mind. How many people ask their horse to go forward and have no cooking clue where they want to go to, okay? So you have a little bit of a plan in mind. You know what you're going to do and you know how to ask or the most effective way to ask to communicate this to your horse. That's your responsibility. Your horse's responsibility is listening to your aids and actually doing what you are asking or I suppose, adhering to your directions, the directions that you're giving him, okay? Not only that, it's doing so with, I suppose, a little bit of willingness and also to be cooperative, okay? It's no good doing it kind of complaining, moaning all the way. That is not willingness, okay? He has to be a happy chappy in his job. Very, very important. Now, if either side of you, either side of the team, okay, a team you and your horse decides to kind of renege a little bit on those responsibilities, you're going to get a lack of forward movement. And that is going to overall result in an inability to engage the hindquarters. So once you've got your horse moving forward, it is then up to you to allow that energy that's being created from behind to connect with the front of the horse, okay? And it's this connection that we call the engaging the hindquarters. Now, there's a couple of different aspects to allowing this to happen. But again, if you're missing any, the result is going to be that the hindquarters become disengaged. They're kind of left to their own devices. They're hanging out there behind your horse somewhere. They're certainly not underneath them. They're like their own little two legs doing their own things. They're just being dragged along by the rest of his body. And that is certainly not engaged. So I want you to start thinking of this energy that you're creating being a little bit like water or electricity. You'll find that water or electricity will always try and find the shortest and the easiest route, okay? And this energy in your horse is going to try and do the same. So the principle applies that if you allow your horse to become crooked through his body, that energy is not going to flow where you want it. It's rather going to shoot out the side door, which is the easiest way. So a good example of this would be an honest circle when the hind quarters begin to swing out. So they're no longer on the same path as the front feet on this circle. That energy is no longer connecting through and you will eventually, it kind of dissipates and you eventually get a total loss of energy and the result being your horse gets back into front wheel drive. So what's really also important is that when you're riding, you have to think of your aids, so your seat, your legs, your arms, as being almost like the banks of a canal or the banks of a river. They're kind of dictating where this energy must flow. So a lot of the time when 
we're looking at crookedness or we're looking at straightness, which we all know straightness is very important, but we focus so much on the horse and we forget to look at the rider. But it goes without saying that if the rider is tilting, if they're crooked, if they're twisted in the saddle, you are not going to get those even banks of the river, okay, for that energy to flow where you want it to flow. So it's really, really important that both you and your horse are straight in order to get that energy connecting from the back end to the front end or from back to front, which is what we always want when we're riding our horse. Now, the other important factor here is, so once we've got kind of a path correctly, I suppose, mapped out in our head underneath us uh, for that energy to connect, we then have to allow the energy to connect, okay? So very often when we're learning to ride, we're told we have to sit up and we all know we have to sit up and very often at the very beginning, we think it's because we might fall off if we don't, which probably is true. But once we've mastered the staying on part of the equation, it's really important to begin understanding that your sitting up is order in order to be, I suppose, an effective channel for that energy to flow through, okay? If you are hunkering down, if you're heavy in the saddle, if you're leaning forward, if you're clamping with your thighs, have you ever seen some riders and their thighs are like a vice grip across the horse's back? But yeah, if you're clamping with your thighs, all these things are going to block that energy. So just like you can dam up or you can block or you can divert water or electricity, you can do the same with that energy. And once it's blocked, it can't then connect through. And again, it'll end up getting lost. Or what you might find is that the horse might begin to get a little bit, well, a little, <laughs> a little bit excitable underneath you. He starts doing the highland fling, okay? A few handstands. But um, yeah, you don't want that. You want to be able to allow it to flow. So what's really important is that you learn to sit up through your upper body. And it's very simple. It's a matter of just being light in the saddle. And if you think of it, it's almost like you want to sit up through your rib cage. You want to carry your upper body. And that generally is enough to begin allowing this to happen. And you'll find that once you do that, you'll actually free up your pelvis, which of course is then allowed to move, which of course will facilitate that energy going or getting from the back to the front. So the third part of this equation, we said before that to engage means to bind or to interlock. It has to interlock with something and we want to connect all this to the front. We're going to do that through our contact. Now, the unfortunate part of this is that many people look at the contact part as being step one. It's not. And this is obviously a very, very simplified version of engaging the hindquarters here. We've 12 minutes. Um, so we're, we're kind of simplifying things right down here to basics. But it's not. I want you to think of the contact part as being step three. So step one is getting the horse moving forward. Step two is allowing the energy to actually move forward. And step three is then connecting it up in front. And just like we said at step one, there's kind of this responsibility from both horse and rider that they equal, they, they both have to uphold their part of this agreement. Contact is like that as well. And, you know, your horse can evade the contact, but you too can evade the contact. <laughs> I often see riders in the arena and they have piano fingers. They look like they're playing the piano. Their fingers are all wide open, spread out all over the show. They're holding, they're, they're like... I don't know if they think the reins are going to electrocute them or something, but they're holding on with the tips of their fingers, holding on to the, the reins and hoping for the best, okay? Like they're playing a tin whistle. Uh, no, your reins, they're yours. You can hold them, eh? It doesn't mean that you're going to pull your horse's mouth or you're going to become heavy on your horse, but you can definitely hold them. And contact is really important. It's a trust thing between you and your horse. And you both have to understand that it's kind of part and parcel. It's up to the both of you to 
kind of engage in the contact and to keep the whole contact and the connection thing going forward. So once you've got that and once you have the contact, it's like connecting all the cogs together, the gears together. Once it's all connected up, then you can begin to direct the energy, that true energy, that true connectivity where you want it to go. And that is engaging on the hindquarters. Will it make a difference? How will you know? Trust me, it is like night and day, okay? First of all, it feels like we said at the beginning, sometimes you ask your horse for more, that all important more. And he doesn't, he can't, he, there's nothing there to, to give you anymore. Um, but when you truly have engaged the hindquarters, your horse has more, it's there, it's ready, it's waiting for you. And you can actually tap into that more. You can kind of move those gears, shift the gears a little bit and get to that more energy that you want. It also means that your horse, it feels like they're kind of moving forward with a sense of purpose they've got places to go you know people to meet things to do and it really it, it's a lovely feeling it feels like the two of you are going somewhere together that you're really moving forward and not only that it looks nice when you're looking at a horse that is truly engaged it looks like the horse and the rider have sat down together in a corner somewhere decided yes we're going to do this together they have an agreement they are both abiding to that agreement and it just works and that is the difference. Now, there are lots and lots of exercises to get you to connect and, or to engage your horse's hindquarters. But if you don't first understand what that engagement is and how it affects things, well, you're really and truly at nothing trying to engage the hindquarters. And that is why I've spent all today talking about that. Guys, as I mentioned, this is the very first in a kind of a program of five lessons um, to come on this. And what we're going to be talking about later in the week is how to actually engage the horse's quarters. We've spoken about the ins and the outs, the why we want it to happen and all that. Now we just need to make it happen. If you're interested in joining us in the rest of these lessons, you can pop over to stridesforsuccess.com forward slash join. And not only will you get this week's lessons, but all the past lessons are in there as well. Absolutely everything locks stock and barrel is in there waiting for you well to help you and your horse begin to really move together as a team and isn't that what we all want of course it is i hope you have a really really great week i'll chat to you all soon be good bye